This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to Live Free Creative an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. You're listening to episode number 188. And I have a very special guest with me here today. My son, Milo Anderson, is here as we discuss teens and technology. Yes, a very special guest indeed. He's a perfect guest for this as he recently turned 13 and technology is a hot topic at our house, as I imagine it is at many of your homes where your children are probably above the age of seven or eight, which is about when it starts to become a discussion point. This is going to be... We decided to answer questions with the... We did like a thing on Instagram and now we're going to answer your questions. Yeah, so we put out a a survey on Instagram, got a bunch of great questions. Mm -hmm. We're going to answer your questions, have a candid conversation about this topic, and we're going to start with a quick segment. Milo is taking over the segment, and he is going to share some of his own peaks of the week. And one last thing, yes, Aunt Kate, I am 13. (laughs) Okay. Peaks of the week. As some of you know, it was my 13th tour around the sun earlier this month, but we're recording this the day after my, (laughs) my milestone. And something that was gifted to me was this tie dye sweatshirt and it like this and it was and it's so comfortable it looks so cute on you i'm wearing it right now and it's just it's i love it so much yeah dad picked out a good one yeah so that's your first peak of the week that's my first one yeah and we will try to find it to yeah, put in the show notes. show notes yeah so my second one was and uh we went to cheesecake factory which is a tradition that i like to do for birthday dinners and this time I decided to go rogue and get some orange chicken. Way, way rogue. You normally get the sliders. Sliders, yeah, the roadside sliders. And you even had a minute where you were like, I want sliders and orange chicken. Yeah. And then you decided to just go for it. And it was such a big plate. Huge plate. But it was awesome. I ate it like in a minute and a half. Yeah. Ate lots of orange chicken. Delicious meal. So Cheesecake Factory orange chicken is his peak of the week number two. Yeah. Number three was the thing that we... We had, like, a little, like, low-key party, and it was really fun. We had, like, giant pizzas. They were huge. <laughs> and we did, like, a kickball game with, like, the parents and the kids, and it was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Kickball has become kind of a new night game in our yeah. neighborhood. We have some great yeah. neighbors and friends, and my little run out around dark usually and say I'm going to play kickball or football or for a square wave a bunch so for his birthday we invited all of the neighbors and their the adults and kids and we had pizza and played kickball it was super fun it was really fun my fourth one was like I wasn't expecting it at all it was so awesome I got some new airpods and they were and they're like super cool yes airpods to bluetooth to his music tech little yeah. device called Mighty. It's like a, yeah. It's like a music-only tech device. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in this episode, some of the things that we're doing at our house to make sure that Milo has the a lot of the access to some of the technology that he wants without having full access to a smartphone at this age. So the four is your AirPods. Yeah. They're and awesome. we will, I will just say that within, we bought the AirPods <laughs> with the uh Apple Care like insurance yeah. thing oh so that gosh. if you lose or break one it's only $29 to get a new one and within about what two days what had happened to one of your AirPods uh Otis had <laughs> like 
take it. Show no mercy. <laughs> Otis, Milo's six-month-old puppy, chewed one of the AirPods completely up, like, like, yeah. like just, you put it, on, it was like, destroyed. The, like, the, like, the tip was, like, on top. So I was very happy that we had decided to go with the insurance because he got a new AirPod for only, for like, only 30 bucks, which yeah. is nice because they're expensive. <laughs> Learning some responsibility along yeah, along the way, right? The case, now they stay out. in the case. Yep. They're not out. The dog goes in the crate when he's not being watched. We're all learning together. Yeah. Those are some great peaks of the week, Milo. Your sweatshirt, your Cheesecake Factory favorite meal orange chicken, it was so good. your kickball game, yeah, and, now and your AirPods. AirPods. Awesome. Okay, those are Milo's peaks, peaks of, of the, the week. week. Great peaks of the week, Milo. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're excited to share this episode. I had Milo on an episode about raising tweens uh, probably sometime last year. And it was a very highly downloaded episode. People loved getting the perspective of a kiddo in the podcast as well as, you know, it's kind of new territory to raise a little becoming independent adult. And especially as we've just reached this new milestone of Milo becoming a, an official teenager. An official he, adult. In a, he thinks an official adult. I keep reminding him it's 18, actually, to become an official adult. But mm. uh, you're a few years away. But an official teenager. We don't have to say tween anymore. We have been discussing, again, some of the guidelines around technology use in our home. I sent out a poll a couple months ago about Uh, what would you like to hear from Milo and I as we do an episode together? And I got a few different responses, but the majority of the responses that I got were, we would love to hear what Milo and you think about teens (laughs) and technology because Uh, it's such a hot topic. Even on the car ride over here, Milo and I were discussing some of the things that we wanted to share on the episode, and it was clear that we had very different opinions. We have very different opinions. So this is going to be a very candid conversation. I did put a call out on Instagram to my Instagram community. I'm at Live Free Miranda over there. If you're not already following along, it's a great place to participate in some of these polls and to kind of follow along with what's happening behind the scenes over here. We got some great questions that we're going to share. But before we dive into the questions, I wanted to just introduce some of our own family guidelines around screens and technology. So Milo, share with me our family screen time policies? Uh, Well, we don't usually have any on weekdays, and we usually have like two to three hours on weekends with chores and like spending time with friends and outside and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we are, we we tend to be screen-free during school days. Uh, so unless for homework. Unless, yeah, the kids do use their laptops for homework assignments and th- things like that. But our weekdays are the computer, the iPad, the um, remote control for the TV, those things all stay in the technology box. In the technology box. In the technology box. We love the technology box. box. (laughs) And then laptops go in the technology box after dinner. Yeah. After homework is done. Mm -hmm. So laptops and cell phones. Milo's the only one with a cell phone, but they go in the technology box after dinner. You have a cell phone. Well, the adults do. So on the weekends, the kids love having screen time on the weekends. They come home from school, drop their backpacks on Friday afternoon, and Plum turns on her favorite show on TV. Uh, The boys like to play video games together together a lot of the time, which is great. Their favorites right now are Minecraft and Fortnite. And sometimes they even play with friends. Like, they'll make dates with their friends, like, meet me on Fortnite at 4.30 p.m., and they get on, and we can hear them, like, chatting with their friends. And so I, I think that there's some fun, positive interactions that happen there. We usually try to limit their weekend per day to about two to three hours, depending on what else is happening. And I want to talk about this a little bit later, but there's some really important sort of counterbalances to the screen time that we use, like spending time outside, making sure we have some good quality family time interactions, and that they have in-person interaction with friends. So their social interaction isn't just online. And like you said, I do go out like every night to go Go out and play night games. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Fun So those are our kind of general family screen time guidelines. Pretty basic. Pretty basic. Milo got his cell phone when he turned 11. Mm-hmm. That was kind of his entrance into tween age hood. We decided on a Gab phone, which has 
all of that ability to talk, text. Um, he now has the photo texting and the group texting link available. In show notes. Oh yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes for the Gab phone. Yeah. And I think I have a discount code even that I can put in there. My other mm-hmm. two kids have Gab watches as well that I can GPS track <laughs> them. They can send me messages voice and messages. yeah, voice messages. They can reply to text messages. They can call me. So that's nice for them playing outside in the neighborhood and just generally having this sort of tiptoe interaction into the world of technology as young kids at a really developmentally appropriate, you know, stage. And our plan which Milo totally disagrees with, is for Milo to continue with his Gab phone until he turns 16. So he just turned 13. And even, what was it, a couple weeks ago, you presented an amazing PowerPoint presentation. Uh, I am very good. I've I've gotten some experience with PowerPoint. (laughs) He took a computer solutions class in in school (laughs) this year, and he learned all of the ins and outs of PowerPoint. And so he, whenever he has an argument to bring or like a suggestion but it's never good enough he creates an incredible powerpoint presentation about it with animation and research <laughs> and his mo- the one that did work was your powerpoint presentation about why we should get kittens oh that one worked and we we sure enough we, we have kittens now <laughs> yeah they're the, so cute the, they yeah. are the best that was a great one we all feel good about it the most recent one was about why he should get a different phone that allows parental controlled apps and uh, no social media. it still doesn't have social media. I think it's called a pinwheel. It's yeah. sort of like a step between a gab and like a smartphone. And while the PowerPoint presentation was fantastic, both, <laughs> both Milo's dad and I decided that we still feel great about him not having access to a smartphone until his brain is a little bit further developed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So, like it or not, we are doing not smart technology for our teenagers uh, until they are a little bit more developed. And I wanted to share a little bit about that decision because it touches on some of the questions that we got. So, I wanted to just share... the transition right into the questions. Right into the questions, yeah. Um, So, maybe I'll pull a couple questions and then share some answers to that. So, here we go with the first question. So one of the questions, I got this question a couple different ways, was yeah. are you sticking with the Gab phone or are you moving on to a smartphone? Um, someone else asked, do you have an iPhone? When is the right age for a kid to have a smartphone? And I want to just blanket statement with these are such personal decisions. It's going to vary family to family. It's going to vary kid to kid. And the reasons that we have chosen to stay on a Gab phone for a few more years um, are, again, personal decisions based on our kids and our family and some of our own understanding. So one of the things that I like to look at is what is some of the scientific research saying about smartphone use, social media use, and adolescence? And while there is an overwhelming amount of research that has been done, most of it shows at least a slight negative correlation between the amount of time that kids use in social media and their well-being. Some of the positive things that come from social media use and smartphone use are entertainment, self-expression, and you know having the ability to connect with people online. A lot of the negative things are really concerning to me, though. A lot of the negative things, there was a, a Pew Research study done in 2018 that said between 13 and 17-year-olds, about 45% of them were using their cell phones, uh, smartphones, and 97% of them had at least some slight negative effects from them. The negative effects being that they were highly distractible, that it affected their sleep negatively, they weren't able to sleep as well that they were susceptible to bullying and rumors, even outside of, you know, that's something kids are susceptible to, just being adolescents. Yeah, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do they know that it was specifically from the because screens? Because the, yeah, because the social, the um, research was done through their screens, about their screen time specifically. Also... So did they do, like, a control? Like, where they did it without screens? Yeah. Also, um, about three, kids who spent three hours a day or more engaged in social media had higher rates of depression and anxiety higher rates of social comparison, and became more impulsive. So um, the... Does it say whether any of them had, like, like a mental health, like, 
like beforehand, like they had like ADHD or something. Yeah. So I think that's such a great question, Should right? Like add to their impulsiveness. Yes, exactly. So this is what I was just going to say. And I'm so glad. I mean, that's a, such a great segue. And this is why I say it's dependent on family and dependent on kids, because kids that are already naturally inclined to impulsivity or distraction, like kids who have ADHD or anxiety, the effects that they have from social media use are even more negative. They're even greater. So the distractibility is higher. The um, attention control is lower. The sleep is lower. And um, the overall well-being of these kids declined. So, I mean, the research, we've told Milo a couple times uh, that if he can find some research studies that show a positive correlation between smartphone use in teenagers and their their overall well-being that we would reconsider. But right now, when yeah, I'm if, looking... And if you find any, please let me know. <laughs> he's like, please send it over. Uh, right now, because of my understanding already of the, the, the decline of mental health in adolescents across the board generally right now, the decline, I think, across everyone, especially considering like, the pandemic... Yeah. Every tool that I can give my kids to succeed, to feel more engaged in their own lives, to build their own identities, and to be less susceptible to distractibility, impulsivity, depression, anxiety, worry, bullying, all of those things, I want to I equip them with the best tools possible. So there was a, um, there's a couple other things I wanted to mention as I'm talking about this. Um, in 2021, I, I didn't know about this until I was researching for this episode, but did you all know, listeners, that in 2021, the Surgeon General of the United States of America put out a call what exactly for... What is the Surgeon General? So he's like the doctor for America. He's like the head doctor. What? So he works with a lot of um, people to decide... So he's kind of like a scientist to like... Yeah. So he's usually a physician uh-huh. and he will, he or that. she will, they're appointed and they get to make some of like the general rules or guidelines. Yeah. So like on cigarette packets, it has the surgeon general's warning. And that was like a law that on all of the cigarette packets, it had to show that like there could be danger. Yeah. Yeah, Lots of warnings and those types of things. So in 2021, he put out a big packet about trying to help our kids. Like he's trying to prevent a pandemic of mental health. Uh, decline in adolescence and social media is one of the things that's mentioned. Uh, it's a it's like a 35 page packet. I'll link it into the show notes, but I thought it was really interesting because it specifically talks about technology use, about protecting kids from the negative effects of technology, social media, the negative effects of um, the isolation that, th- that came with the pandemic, and um, I thought that was all very interesting. So um, the last study that I thought was, well, it wasn't even a study, in um, April of this year, 2022, the New York Times. You know, the New York Times that bought Wordle? Yeah, that New York Times. (laughs) They referenced a study that was just done in Great Britain, a huge study, probably one of the most... uh, the most wide-scaled that had been done. And one thing that I thought was interesting about this study and what it revealed was that there are times in teenagerhood, in adolescence, when kids are even more susceptible to the negative effects of social media use. One of them is right at the cusp of adolescence, and it cited this is 11 to 14 for girls and 14 to 15 for boys, that this is right when their identities are starting to be formed when they're trying to differentiate themselves from their families, from their parents, and they're finding that this is sort of a critical time for kids to be able to be uh, independent of other people's ideas and expectations of them so that they can form a really good sense of self and that social media distracts from that, that they end up feeling like they're building their identity based on the reflections of their peers. They don't get to be who they really are. Exactly. So they have a harder time kind of establishing that sense of self. And then it takes a break for a little while. And then the the study showed that it flared up again around 18 and 19. And that's probably that same kind of transition Uh when you, what are you at 18? A real Real adult, adult, right? Where um, a lot of kids are moving away for the first time. They're going to college for the first time. And they're really starting to separate like a, a, a true identity separate from their families, their parents and their peers. So those are the two really critical periods for social media use and kids. So based on the research, our family has decided that for our kids, that we want to give them as much time as possible with the training wheels of 
technology use, having a phone, being able to learn some um, you know, basic policies around talking and texting and being friends with people through their phones, as well as in person, and that we will maintain that as a guideline until a little bit later in their teenage you know life. I, n- I never heard that. Like, that was my first time hearing that New York Times thing. And I think that, like, I, th- I think you might have changed my opinion. Oh, that yeah. easily. That easily. I mean, maybe not easily, but like that, like, I don't know. I was thinking about that. It's like, you might have got me. Mm, okay, well, we've got real life opinion changing happening over here. <laughs> I want to ask you, Milo, based on ask these questions. Me? Yeah, so there's a question that says, um, Milo, do you feel pressure from peers to use social media or other types of technology? Uh, Indirect. Yeah, how so? Um, Like, maybe people will ask me for my social media, but I won't have any, and then I make a white lie. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. What, so so let's like what what might this conversation look like? Hey right. Milo, what's your Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, let's just <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, then I might say, uh, well, what I should say or could say is, um, like I don't have it or it's like not my thing. But what I might say, like more realistically, is like, uh, like, like I forgot. Like I forgot <laughs> it. Just so like, it's like I have it, but like. So you kind of want to pretend like you have it, but that you just don't, yeah, like, use it very uh, much? Yeah, so I don't actually have it. I don't use it, but I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So there is a little bit of pressure. Hey, Milo, what's, yeah. can I follow you on TikTok? I could see how that could make someone, like, want to, like, make, like, a secret account for just so, like, their friends, like, no. Yeah, yeah, there was another question. Have you or your friends created a TikTok or Snapchat account using a friend's phone if it's not allowed on your own phone? No, I've never made a secret account on someone else's phone. Do you know of people who do that? Use uh, their like their friend's phone to make a, a a social media account if their phone doesn't allow it. Uh, I don't know of any. You don't know of any no. people, but most of your friends, would you say, have they, smartphones they, or don't? They, mo- yes, one hundred percent. What type of phones do they usually uh, have? Apple. Oh, everyone has an iPhone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, a couple exactly. years ago, yeah, do you remember? A lot of eight, a lot of ten, a lot of it's either like eight, ten, or thirteen. Oh, different types of yeah. iPhones. Uh-huh. Remember when we went to the ranch with all the cousins a couple years ago, and we had talked about how... Montana? Yes. Okay. I remember there, your cousins, you have a bunch of cousins yeah. that have iPhones or iPods, and your favorite activity of the weekend was making TikTok videos with your cousins. Well, yeah, we did dancing. You made TikTok dancing videos. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and it, was, it was really fun. But you we went. only did it like when like... Like at like nighttime or like times mm-hmm. that we w- that we didn't have the opportunity to go like outside and like jump or like fish or something. Like right. That. Yeah. It was a yeah. pretty fun activity. I remember thinking that's that is such a positive use of this app, and it was a really isolated event. Yeah, we had pri- we, the accounts were private. The accounts were private. You were using other people's phones and other people's, you know. But the parents were there. We were aware of it. We thought yeah. it was kind of cute and fun. Uh-huh. And then we went home, and that was it. Like it was yeah. like an isolated event of being able to use it in a specific way. And that, that trip was awesome. One of my memories is that the reason that my uncles all call me the penguin now is because I caught a live fish and they bet me $100 that I wouldn't take a bite of the fish as it was still alive. This is so gross. And I did it. And my uncles, I thought it was $50. No, it was 100 And you bit straight into the straight fish into the right fish. after you and pulled it out of the lake. He took a video of it. He showed everybody. No one knew what was coming. And, and my so mom now. was on top of the chair. Like, like, the, like the like we sit down and like the thing on your back. She was on top of the. Edge. It was really gross. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not dancing like to TikTok videos, to you're eating raw fish in the boat. Brush your teeth. And brush your teeth to get the the, the fish scales <laughs> the fish out. Fish guts. Okay, here is another couple questions. How much do kids know about the negatives of social media? Wait, that was a question. Yeah. How much do you think kids your age, teenagers, understand about... I just read a bunch of research about the negative effects of social media, increasing your distractibility, your impulsivity, making your self-esteem lower, having it be harder to sleep. How, do you think uh, teenagers are aware of the negative effects of social media? Um, I think that, like, the reason that they might not know the negative effects is because they only know what it's like to have it. So they might not know, like, what... A, positive effects they get they could have if they didn't use it mm-hmm. like maybe like they would like get more sleep or 
some yeah yeah but they don't know because they're so used to like staying up all night or like spending all their time yeah do you ever talk about technology use at school like is it addressed in any of your classes or anything talking about social media or talking about technology use all of my teachers hate phones okay like the school like the majority of adults don't like phones they have like a like a no phone you can't have your phone out at at middle school out of school but I guess like I guess they they understand like that you know everybody has them but but yeah. they ask you to keep them they put away at school. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have, like, a three-strike method a day. Like, if they, like, catch you on your phone three times, then you get, like, detention or something. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So you keep it hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, someone asked, do you or your friends ever wish for a time before cell phones or before the internet? I think the, the crux of this question is, yes. do phones sometimes get in the way of yes, you being yes. able to interact? I, I wish... I've been. I, I don't know. I wish that we were in a time before all of that because it seems like, it, it seems like a lot more. It seemed like a lot more fun in the eighties. It was fun in the eighties. Yeah, and because you turned out so great. I turned out well. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't have a cell phone until I was sixteen. Which is yeah. And it was a flip phone. Uh huh. And it was pretty cutting edge actually. <laughs> and yep. And then I my first smartphone I got when Elliot was a baby. So. What. Yeah. Really? And now you're Maybe like... when I was pregnant with Elliot. So in t- 2011. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like after you were born was the first time I had a smartphone. Whoa. So I definitely didn't grow up with technology the way that you all are. Yeah. Now like your, now your job is... A lot. Yeah. A lot of my job is using social media. I think that it's interesting though. We were talking about this on the way over here that... Uh, one of the reasons that technology is tricky for kids and adults is because it's built to be addictive, right? It is, yeah. And like you said, like even adults like don't use it because it's like addictive. Can have a hard time using it appropriately, right? So there's something uh, out there called the attention economy that the makers of social media apps are. They make more money based on how long you stay engaged in their app. This might have nothing to do with it, but I learned that like. Uh, they have like it's like a Disney thing like where like the train has like like the long enough time so you don't like so you forget your buyer's remorse oh interesting what was it like so the idea is like the train to like leave the park is like enough time that you don't get that like your buyer buyer's remorse goes away (laughs) yeah so that by the time so you feel good about your all the money you spent all the money that you spent Yeah. So I think it is it's kind of tricky, but also important to recognize that so many of the things that are around us influencing us are based on money, based on economy. And so social media apps, the developers, do you know a lot of the developers don't allow their own children to use the apps that they create? The founders of Apple, do you know that um, he didn't want his children to have Apple iPhones? The, the founders of um, Facebook, uh, the, the tech developers for Facebook and for social media, well, they don't allow their own kids and teens to use them. Do you know, why do you think that might be? Well, because they know how addictive they can be. Exactly. But also that's kind of selfish, right? Because if they know that like their accounts are going to be used for children, but they don't let their own children, it's like, yeah, it's kinda, it seems a little off. It does seem a little off, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there is a, um, there's a, a law It's called the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, and it's a law that prevents companies from collecting certain information from kids under 13. So all usage on those apps um, is limited uh, by the companies. This is, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, all of those apps are supposed to be completely not allowed for kids under the age of 13. But how do you sign up for a Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat account when you're younger than 13, Milo. You lie about your age. You just put a different... Yeah. You just put a different year, yeah. right? Okay, Milo, someone asked a question about what you use technology for and, like, what times during the day you need it. That could be computer, phone, uh, TV. What um, are you using technology for in your daily life? I usually use it for communication and for playing specific things with my friends. So I will... So it's kind of like, I have, like, whenever I get home from school, I take my phone off silent. And they can just, like, text me if I want to, like, do anything. And the time that I will use technology is mostly to play with my friends. 
like, a lot of the time I don't, like, play, like, video games by myself. Or, like, that's not, like, as fun for me. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'm usually, I'm, it's always social for me. You are a hyper-social kid, too. Yeah. So you really want to be engaged with other people a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then your computer you use for schoolwork. Yeah, I use for schoolwork. Research, yeah. making PowerPoint presentations about why you should have an iPhone. <laughs> All sorts Which of are things. very good. <laughs> They're fantastic. Yes. Okay. Um, so if anybody needs a PowerPoint presentation, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, one of the questions we got was, how do I help my teen be engaged in life and have a healthy balance of social media or screen time? What do you think? How do you balance out having your technology use, your screen time, but also being engaged in your life, in your um, real life? I think that what I do is I just, I don't, hmm, that's a difficult question. Maybe, uh, I don't, I don't use it, like, I'm, I'm only using it for, like, a specific reason. Like, I don't, like, use, I don't know. So this is one of the benefits, like huge, huge benefits that we have found with the Gab phone. Is that like it can't like, really be addictive because there's, no notification. there's not really anything for you to do on it. I mean, sometimes Milo will listen to music and yeah. like he likes to make videos, but he doesn't have the constant feedback loop of social media in the palm of his hand. I don't know what it's like for like to get all of the different. Yeah. So. Um, some of the things that we do for our screen time weekends, uh, like Milo mentioned, is that we have the kids kind of break up their screen time with making sure that their chores are done, that they spend time outside. During the summer, we usually have some check boxes of like, did you play outside for an hour? Did you read for an hour? Did you, um, you know, take a we shower put it, like, and get on dressed? Like, and on our like doors. Yeah, we put it on their doors so that they have their list of things that they need to do before they use their screens, and then they can use screen time. Um, you know, up until their their limit, and then the rest of the day is spent engaged in family activities. Yeah. I think as a, as the parent, one of the things that I find really helpful is that like my kids want to hang out and do fun things in real life. So the more that I can help them engage in those things, like hey, let's go on a family bike ride, or let's go on a walk, or we're going to go camping this weekend, those activities naturally balance out some of the yeah. downtime of and screens. Also, and also because I have a, like, <laughs> I, I'm taking care of a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So you it's have like a also lot have a lot of puppy things time. to do. And usually like when I'm like, either I'm like playing outside and then like, they're like, Hey, you want to play some video games? Then we just like play video games. And then like after we'll like play again. It's like, yeah, you kind of go back and forth. I think yeah. it helps to have real life friends to play with and to kind of f- facilitate those interactions with, you know, planned play dates or spontaneous, like, text your friends and have them come over and swing in the backyard, play kickball. Yeah. Um, I just recently read a book that I really loved called Simplicity Parenting. Who's it by? Uh, Kim something. I'll link it in the show notes. I don't remember the author right now. But there was a part where he's talking about uh, this exact question, like the balancing of um, the negatives of screen time and kind of passive technology use with connection and he specifies four particular types of connection that can help buffer against the negative effects of social media and technology in our kids. The first one is nature. There is so much research that shows that the amount of time that we spend outside connected to nature increases our well-being. It helps our heart rate go down. It helps our physical health. It helps our mental health. So being able to facilitate opportunities to spend time in nature as kids and adults is really important. So um, another thing to add on to that is that I recently learned that, like, going outside can increase your serotonin, which can eventually, like, and serotonin, like, something happens. Helps you feel happy. No, it turns into melatonin. Melatonin helps you go to bed. And it also, serotonin helps you be happy. So, like, the more you go outside, the more happy and rested you are totally yeah. i love that where did you the learn tonins. about that uh podcast mm, the tonins tonins so, so yeah that's so great that um being outside just really benefits so much of our physical mental and emotional well-being the second one is connection to family and those uh, those relationships are of course facilitated through time spent together quality time i think more than quantity like yeah, like quality sleep more than quantity sleep. For sure. Yeah. What do you think? What are some of the ways that um, that our family has quality time connecting together? Dinner. Dinner. Yeah. 
what do you like about our family dinners? Well, we're always like we don't like we're not we're never like eating like in our rooms or like on the couch. You know. Yeah, we eat together as a family at night. I get we like to take the dogs on walks together. Yeah, we've been starting to do that a little more. Mm Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. We go on. We like to go on family trips. We like to. Uh, yes. We do family pizza yeah. night, which is like a big part of our oh, own family that's, that's culture awesome. and, uh, yeah. you know, kind family of culture. solidifies our family identity. The pizza night culture. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the number four or number three is connection to friends in real life. So, yeah, we, yeah, we've been talking about that. Yeah, talking about like making sure that the interactions with friends aren't just happening through social media, but they're also happening in life, like social connections. Uh, spending time in person, taking some of the games offline into, you know, hanging out. Uh, that is really important to build that connection. And then probably the most important, number four, is connection to self. And Ooh. like we talked about a little earlier, this idea of adolescence being a really important time for kids to develop a sense of self, a sense of identity, to differentiate between their families, their parents, their siblings, and themselves, even their their friends and themselves – the um, the space that they need to do that doesn't come by being engaged online where they get everyone else's feedback all the time. The space that they need to do that will come through um, self-reflection, through maybe journaling, through being able to have some solo time, some solo quiet time, maybe teaching uh, some meditation, engaging in spiritual practices as a family. Um, I think that there's a lot of kind of skill building and confidence building that comes through uh, activities like solo activities. Milo is likes to play the piano. He goes to piano lessons. And we're th- talking about film school every week. We're t- yeah, he really loves film um, filmography. So we've looked into an engaging uh, filmography camp that he could do this summer that would teach him skills and build confidence and you know help kind of solidify some of his identity as an artist and a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that this is such an important checklist to just think for each of our kiddos. How are they connecting to nature? How are they connecting to family? How are they connecting to friends in real life? And how are they connecting to themselves? And if we notice there's places that we can booster or uh, help kind of support these connections, that the negative effects that they'll receive from passive technology use will be buffered against. Okay, Milo, here's another question for you. (laughs) How do you feel about parental phone use? This uh, questioner said, my kids complain that I use my own phone too much. What do you think about your parents? That, wait, wait, read the question again. How do you feel about... Your parent, my parents... Your using parents using their, phone. their phones. Oh, <laughs> that, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get any guys mad. Um, a lot of... Uh, hmm. Be as candid and honest as you can. <laughs> I'm going to... Yeah, well... <laughs> Whenever, well, there's, like, specific times, like, if, like, if my mom, like, has just been, like, working, like, a story, she, like, I try to, like, stay away. Sometimes you're really helpful with my, yeah. you're my well, yeah, I'm your, producer, I'm my creative director for my reels. Assistant, intern. Yeah. <laughs> not, not paid. <laughs> uh, yeah, also, yeah, dad's been doing a really good job at, like, uh, whenever I come into the room, he likes to just, like, put his phone away and just like pay attention to me mm-hmm. which is nice because it used to be a little different but now I don't know I feel like you guys are old enough that you can like that you know like when it's appropriate for you guys to be on your phone so mm-hmm. I just kind of just trust your opinions yeah I think dad and I are both working on our own kind of social media limits as yeah. well too right um like who am I to tell you to like get off your phone well no I think that's a valid point then that you know, at dinner time, during family time. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, I try to not use my phone in the morning until after I've done all of my more morning routine. Yeah, and if you want to check out the reels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out They're the reels. So awesome. Milo's in charge of them. Um, Any real ideas. So I think that, but like we mentioned, I mean, social media use and the addiction of, like, Twitter and the news cycles and all of those things are as real for adults as they are for kids. Mm-hmm. The difference it's is something, that adults... something to do with, like, news. Like, if kids, like, want to, like get like the news there's like this awesome thing that cnn does it's called cnn 10 and it's like it's kid news but it's only in 10 minutes i love that and, it have, and they have it every day it's a podcast no it's it's on youtube okay so you can or it's on their website cnn10.com mm-hmm. and they just do they put like all the news for happening that day 
like in ten minutes, but it's like kids. for kids, so it's, it's like developmentally kids. appropriate. So it's developmentally appropriate. Uh, do you yeah. le- did you learn about that at school? Yeah, we do it uh, like the last ten minutes of history class. We watch it. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I haven't ever. I don't think you've told me about that. That you yeah. are always up to date on the news, though, and I'm always a little <laughs> bit confused about how you yeah. know so much. But yeah, that's a that's a really good kid appropriate news. Thing. Yeah, that's great. We I can love that. that. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. That's great. So, um, yeah, so to kind of come back around the circle on... Oh, and the host is awesome. That's perfect. That's great. <laughs> that makes a difference, right? Yeah. Um, I have noticed in the last uh, few months, I've I've been made a really concerted effort to be more intentional with my social media use. And I can say without question that my quality of life is better when I use my phone less. And I have been reluctant to jump back into just like full social media use because I feel so much more engaged in my real life when my social media, particularly Instagram, that's the only social media I really use, when that is used, you know, kept to really specific guidelines and limits for myself, I feel better. So that's why I haven't been on Instagram as much lately. Um, there is the last couple questions we want to do as we're kind of wrapping it up. I got probably yeah. five or six different questions By the way, thanks about. For, thanks for having me on. Hey, awesome. Milo, anytime. I'm so happy to have you back. You're such yeah. a great podcaster. Thank you. That means a lot. There are a couple questions about how to balance privacy with your kids and their phone use. Um, another way that this question was phrased was do you read your kids' text messages? Um, or as you like to phrase it. Yeah, what do I call it? The audit. The audit. So we do... Random audits. Random audits. Milo, as a teenager, and all of our kids are 100% entitled to their privacy as humans. Mm -hmm. This means that they are able to change, you know, obviously um, use the restroom, have their bedrooms uh, safe and contained, that they can make decisions for themselves about what they're eating and, you know... We have like this, these certain levels of privacy that are developmentally appropriate for our kids. And technology, the way that they use their phones and when they have social media, that as well, that is not included in the areas of their life that they are entitled to privacy, in our opinion, until they are older. Maybe. Research suggests that parents who allow their kids to use technology and social media, that they be very aware of what is happening there, that they're able to get in, um, unlock the devices, read text messages, um, be able to go on Snapchat and look at what their kids are posting, go on Instagram, go on TikTok, that we're aware of what is going out into the, the world, and into we the World like Wide Web. conversations about what you have been posting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice to be calm <laughs> because it, it gets kind of like overwhelming when you feel really bad about what you have done. If you've made a mistake yeah, and or then, you feel bad about something. Yeah. So even though it might like feel like you need to like be really like like strict and like forward and like I don't know, maybe you could say like mean. It's always nice to just go slow. Yeah, be calm. Be calm. So we do our occasional gab phone audits where I'll just ask Milo to show me his recent text messages and we can talk through them, the conversations. Um, I don't like necessarily read all of them, but if I see something concerning, um, it's led to really great conversations about um, how you use even text messages for conversation. What types of things do you say to your friends online that you might not say in person? Are you ever being unkind about someone else? Like, like what you said about, uh, like, think about, like, when do you send this to your mom? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you were in a situation that, like, the person you're sending this to, and that person was your mom, would you send it to your mom? Because if you keep it like that, then you have nothing to worry about. Then you probably won't get too mean or too bullying or too inappropriate, right? So, yeah. yeah, that's one of the guidelines or kind of the suggestions that we've given Milo is as you're thinking about the way that you're talking to your friends on text message or the things that you're sharing, the pictures you share, um, think about it as if you were sending it to your mom. Or just imagine that you're copying your mom on every conversation that you have. That can help you stay within your own personal integrity around what things you want to share and what things you think might be inappropriate it's kind of a good gauge for that has that yeah. been helpful mm-hmm. yeah so Definitely. like a filter kind of like a filter we 
absolutely believe that our kids deserve some level of privacy. And as they're growing and developing and still, you know, young brains that don't have it all figured out, we believe that we still have a lot of help that we can offer and guidelines. Small teenager brains, sometimes I mention. Um, So we do conduct cell phone audits and... um, and I think it's also a good thing, you know, even if, if Milo knows that his text messages could possibly be looked at or the photos that he takes or sends could possibly be looked at by an adult, he's much more likely to use that extra level of reasoning yeah, in sending it. Yeah, because you don't have like a set time because then I can't, like... Can't go back and delete everything. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it, that's why they're so random. Random audits. them right after I send <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's very honest. <laughs> no, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. um, So it's been a really good conversation builder, if nothing else, Um, even though Milo doesn't necessarily love when I say it's time for a text message audit. Or when you take it away from me at night. Yeah. Yeah. We also make sure that his cell phone isn't in his room at night. It's in our room. Um, (laughs) In the the screen box. In the screen box. It's so awesome. It, it, I think it builds, like overall, it's going to build some resilience and some integrity where um otherwise it it might be trickier so i just understand that teenagers are young people they're becoming independent but they don't have fully formed brains they don't know everything and you know even as adults we don't know everything yet what another thing we talked about on the way here was about how one of my goals is to make following the family guidelines as simple as possible possible, So Milo said, what if I got an iPhone, but I just didn't have apps on it? What if you got me an iPhone, but I didn't use social media? Yeah, because they, they are just like more advanced phones. Like Yeah, better um, better, better pictures, better video. Better camera, better, like, and better FaceTime you. what did I say, Milo? I said, what if we had a family rule of not eating ice cream, but we filled the freezer with ice cream? It's way better than the way you put it before. I think I said something about chocolate. <laughs> you but... said something about chocolate. I was like, I would never eat frozen chocolate. So w- imagine that we say... Ice cream is off limits for the kids. Yeah. Yet our freezer is going to be full of ice cream at Nothing all times. Else in the D- is that setting you up for success? No. It's setting you up for failure. But it also is, I feel like it's also, you could think of it as a chance to test your willpower. That's true. But when you are young and your oh. brain is just developing, that's not the time so you want to test your willpower you get, all the time. The less ice cream that there is in the freezer. The older that you get, the better your willpower and your reasoning is. And you, when you turn 16, you're allowed to have some ice cream. You're allowed, to, you're allowed to eat. And when you turn 18 and you go to yeah, go away to school cream. or you move away, you get to choose if you want to buy ice cream or not, if you want to keep it in the freezer, if, if you want to eat it straight out of the pint. That's up to you. If you want to go. So we'll spend night. a couple years working on that. Right now we're working on the basics. Yeah. Developing just like an understanding of what is healthy and what is not in terms of your consumption. <laughs> consumption of ice cream. Of ice cream. And then we'll slowly work into it and do it at a, what I consider and your dad considers. And science shows is a developmentally appropriate level. We're not afraid of social media. We think that yeah. it has some great benefits great later. Like, like how? Like what are some good Yeah, ones? being able to have self-expression, being able to use it for creation. Like you love to make videos and, you know, it, it will be fun for you to be able to share videos. Yeah. All of those things we'd love to invite you to do when you're not in this really critical time of establishing your own identity. Yeah. And basing your identity a lot on what other and people like, think. And like what you said in the New York Times, it just, I don't know, it kind of changed my thoughts on Yeah, it. and I mean, <laughs> and job, sleep and impulsivity and, um, you know, kids with anxiety and worry. If you're facing any of those mental health challenges, social media tends to be even more uh, problematic. So yeah. I, this is why I say it totally depends on family. It totally depends on kids, your own ideas about it. And this is what we have decided in our family. And... I think it's working okay so far. Okay, yeah. Oh, I also, Milo, tell us a little bit, bit about the Mighty. So this is one thing. Oh, yes. We're trying to create some workarounds. Because Milo doesn't have an iPhone, one thing that he really misses out on is what? Music. Spotify. Yeah, Spotify is music. so awesome. I love Spotify. Milo's obsessed with music. He's always telling me new music. He makes great playlists, and he's kind of our DJ on I'm road work, trips. I'm working on songs. Yeah, he's he's making writing his own songs. It's really one of his his skills and his interests. And and like you saw in the last episode, we are pretty good at beatboxing. Yeah, we did a pretty good beatbox at the end of the last episode. So as his birthday was approaching, and we were talking about what he might like, one of the things he mentioned was 
this little tiny device that's used purely for it's like a Spotify streaming device. What's it called? Uh, it's like a Mighty Beats. Mighty Wait, Mighty Vibe. The Mighty Vibe. It's a little tiny pocket-sized music player. It's almost like an iPod mini. If those of you who are listening remember the era of the iPod mini, they don't even make them anymore. But it's this little tiny you can buy one on eBay for like 500 bucks. Little tiny music device and you do have to link it to a smart device. So we have yeah. it connected to our family iPad where Milo can um, choose yeah. the music, set up playlists, but then he can listen, and this is why we got the AirPods as well, he can listen to his own playlists and podcasts and things like that through the Mighty Vibe yeah. without having to have a smartphone. Yeah, and it doesn't have a screen on it. Yeah, it doesn't have a screen. It's just All buttons. It has the buttons. Yeah, and it seems like it might be hard. Like, how are you going to choose the music? But you can, like, switch songs pretty easily, and you can actually switch playlists. You can just, like, make different playlists and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So that. I used to go in Mexico. Yeah, when we went to um, our spring break trip, he listened to music all the time, vibing on the beach. The pina coladas. I actually had like seventeen pina coladas. In you a week. drink a lot of virgin pina coladas at our virgin, at the resort yeah, we sure. went to. <laughs> so uh, this is just to say there are some fun workarounds, um, other products that are out there available for your teens when they're pre-smartphone, but you want to, you know if they have specific things that they're interested in, like Milo and music and Spotify and listening to podcasts and things like that, you can do that through different types of devices. Oh, yeah, and it doesn't have to be wireless headphones. They have a... Yeah, they ha- it has a hook, hook, a little plug. plug. And I think you can download music onto Gab. It's just not as, it's as not simple. As, it's not as easy. And you can't yeah. use Spotify specifically, which is where Milo likes to create his, um, yeah. his music lists. So... That's something that we've really liked. But yeah, you, you can put music onto the Gab phone, but you have to do, like, a bunch of different transfers. Yeah. Yep. So this like, was the yeah. workaround that we used, and it's been it's been great. Another thing I wanted to quickly mention was a couple years ago, I mean, for before Milo even had a Gab phone and the kids had their watches, there is uh, – we got a, a technology program that's meant for families. You it's called to, like, Get you Smart. You went somewhere, right? No, I just listened to um, my oh, friend Anna McFarlane on – Instagram, if you go to www.familysocialguide.com, I'll link it in the show notes. This is like, it's like 10 or $15, maybe $25. I don't know. It's a very inexpensive program that's a PDF download. And it helps you as a family work through some of the things you may want to think about as you're introducing your kids to technology. Um, at the time that we first did it, I think we're going to gear up and do it again as we get ready for this summer just to kind of help the kids have a full understanding of why we have limits around our screen time use. It's not just for smartphones. It's for screen time in general, the different types of technology that kids may use or come in contact with. And it also addresses things like what do you do if you see something that you know you're not supposed to see or something that feels bad, if it's scary or if it's, you know, um, pornography or um, people being mean to other people online. What, what should you do? This addresses, yeah, this is addresses recognizing those red flags, telling an adult, you know, stopping what you're watching and then and being able to have a conversation yeah. about it. Also, yeah, it's good to be someone that your kid can talk to. Yeah. And that's like where you want to be because like, yeah. We talked about that a little bit in our last mm-hmm. episode, right? Mm-hmm. About trying to how maintain. It, it's like how important it is for, like it's important for your kid to, like talk to you but like it's like the most important thing is for them to know that they can talk to you and mm-hmm. that you're like someone that they want to talk to yeah we had a conversation uh so anyway i will link that get smart in the show notes at livefreecreative.co slash podcast this is episode 188 S- speaking of being someone your kids can talk to the other night we had a conversation um and Dave and I told Milo, sometimes when you talk to us, we automatically jump to trying to fix things or giving you advice. And he said that sometimes he wants to tell us about things that are going on yeah, com- and not have any commentary, right? Yeah. And so we said, okay, this is great for us to know. When you want to tell us about things that are happening in your life or thoughts that you're having and you don't want us to respond – you can say, hey, mom and dad, I want to talk to you, but I don't want you to talk back. Can, you, can I just talk to you and have you just listen? And we agreed that we would be happy to just listen and not give feedback and not give advice and not give support and not tell our opinion. Just be there to listen. And I know that as an adult, that's something that I often need. And I'll tell Dave, I don't need you to fix anything right now. I just want to tell you about this, about how I feel. And it was a good reminder that our kids – also need that kind of ability to come to us and talk as a safe haven, a safe place without response, without judgment, without 
um, automatically being in trouble. If we want our kids to share sensitive information with us, we need to be an open place that can receive that type of information without judgment. Yeah, that's definitely one of the most important things. Yeah. So that is maybe a good place to wrap up this yeah. uh, this episode. Let me check and see if there's any more questions we wanted to quickly answer. We could just like some quick ones. Yeah, let's see. What do we got? Someone said, what are the, <laughs> what are the cool, cool teen, teen apps, apps right, right now? Um, well. What are your friends using? You said all of your friends have iPhones. We got, um, I don't know, like, just like any apps. Yeah, TikTok? TikTok still cool? TikTok's still cool. Dying. Snapchat? It's cool. Dying, but it's dying, but. <laughs> snap, yeah. Snapchat, cool Snapchat or no cool? Snapchat's cool, yeah. Instagram? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have friends that use Instagram? Or it's kind of like, like for only older for like messaging. Oh, okay. It's what about for, like you can follow someone on Instagram but they don't like you like follow people on social media but they don't post anything. Ah, oh, interesting. Weird. What about Twitter? No. No, Twitter's people aren't like using Twitter. I would I would probably use Twitter but I don't think anybody What does. about Facebook? <laughs> no. What are you 80? <laughs> okay, great. Um are there any other things that I don't know about? Like um Sorry to all the people that use Facebook. <laughs> You're kind of outdated. <laughs> You're kind of outdated. Are there other new ones that that I've never even heard of? Those are all the ones that I know. Uh, well, games. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell us about some of the video games that are cool right now. Well, Subway Surfers has always been cool. Oh, never heard of that. You've never heard of Subway Surfers? No. Okay, no. You actually might be 80. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really... Yeah, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really up on the apps right now. Because I'm not I'm up really... on the apps because he doesn't have a phone that has apps. So sorry but about I'll, that. I'll, I'll tell you in three years. Yeah, <laughs> when he's 16, he will let you know. Um, okay, anything else? Uh, Let's see. What was that? What is that one? Okay, we found a good one. What is the greatest thing about being a teen? Well, I've only been a teen for 24 hours, <laughs> but the greatest thing is <laughs> I like to say this a lot. You know what I'm going to say? PG-13. But you always say, remember the PG. What do I say? PG. Remember the PG. What does yeah. the PG stand for? Parental guidance. That means that although Milo... So Milo loves video. He loves making videos. He I loves love watching, watching videos. Oh He's I, very I, I really into call, film. I don't call them videos or film anymore. I call them art. He calls them art. So he has been looking forward to being... 13 because of PG-13 movies and the door that that unlocks for him. And I keep reminding him. Well, here's the thing. It does. You don't have a free-for-all to all PG-13 movies. The parental guidance still applies. So you still need to ask Dad and I. We can preview it if we haven't seen it yet. And we will. We still want it to be developmentally yeah. appropriate and have a net positive effect on your well-being. I'm excited about 14 because what are you going to do about TV 14? Oh, I don't know. No PG on Got the TV you there. 14. Got you there. Yeah. We try to, in general, ha- be kind of on the up and up on what the kids are watching. Yeah. Uh, like Marvel movies are like. Yeah, they're they're pretty okay. And they're awesome, man. When Iron Man died, I was just like. <laughs> so. We will, yeah. Try to we try to just stay. I mean, I think that we're fairly laid back as parents yeah we're very open about the different things that we want to talk about with the kids about taboo subjects I mean, we, you can you can like you can, i feel like everybody knows that that's been listening to your podcast for a while knows how open you are based yeah. on some of your podcast episodes right we like to we like to make sure we have open conversation with our like, kids especially when it comes to taboo conversations yeah taboo topics we don't want to be taboo at home and so that Taboo. open, yeah, that open line of communication has been really positive, and I think that helps us just like have this tether of trust in our relationship. Yeah. That you trust us, we try to trust mm-hmm. you. We, you know, and your siblings, we want to expect the yeah. best of you. Another thing that I wanted to say that I was just thinking about is that like, like if something happens, like going on a walk, always has helped me. Like with like a parent or something, like it's always good to like. Cause like when you're on like when you're in like in a room with like your parent you're like kind of like, you kind of feel trapped. You're saying like if you get in trouble for something. Yeah. Like if you like go on a walk and you kind of talk about it, I feel like it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Least. Yeah. Get just making sure, and I think that that's the same for parents. Like if as you're navigating these teen relationships, hormones are high. Um, pe- you're testing limits sometimes. Yeah being able to understand that you might need some space before you come back and have like a healthy conversation and that's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's really wise. Well, I feel like we have to keep talking because we're like, we're, we're <laughs> let's, 50 seconds from Let's hour. finish it out, Milo. Why don't you thank the people for listening? I, I'm very thankful for all of you who are listening. If you're new to the podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and make sure to write a written review. Yeah. On, on iTunes, iTunes yeah. right? That helps iTunes. other people find the show, listen to it. Um, <laughs> I have to get better at that. Share this, and that was great. Yeah, okay. You can, you're welcome to share this one with all of your mom friends who have teenagers or who are approaching teenagers. Even if you are a teenager listening. <laughs> yeah, if you're a teen, listen in. Tell us what you think yeah. about teens and tech. Mm-hmm. Milo, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. No I love you. Anytime. You're the best. Okay. He's waiting for the 60-minute mark. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, look, just look at the show notes for all the links in three, two, uh, go. Bye! Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.